Katie McDonald, hello. Sarah Jane, hello to you. Where do you stand on the <laughs> where do you stand on the boy band thing? Are you was there yeah. a, a, was there a group that you particularly enjoyed at any given point in your life? Look, I liked the music of Okay, now this is going to be really embarrassing. Oh, I love it. Go um on. yeah, I know, but I I'm I'm terribly honest. I did like the music of Boys to Men. Like Why is that feeling, embarrassing? You know, when you're soppy? Oh, okay. That's not okay, embarrassing just, at know. all. Welcome into the fold. Come oh, on. Okay. Well, yeah, and take that. And, you know, it's like really easy listening. And also, yeah, if you're having a sad moment and you just want to be sadder, why would you want to do that? But you do, um, which is incredibly bizarre. You know, that whole watching sad movies when you're sad. Yeah. So, yeah, I do... I, did like it, and I still do. I still have them on my playlist. Oh, mm. yeah, no. And they're terribly, terribly lovely people. When I lived in Dubai, I had the opportunity to interview and spend some time. I'm not going to go into the whole story now, but spend some time with Boys to Men. They are oh. the, no, unbelievable. They're the most professional performers I think I've ever interviewed, and absolutely delightful gents. And I saved Sean Stockman's, this is a bit embarrassing, I saved Sean Stockman's phone number in my phone for longer than I should have done. They Ahead of them coming to Dubai, I'm telling the story. I said I wouldn't. I lied. I'm going to. Ahead of them coming to Dubai, we did a, like a pre-interview to kind of obviously boost ticket sales. And the, I was given by his PR people his his number. And probably with the caveat of once you've done the interview, delete that number and don't harass Mr. Stockman, please, ever. Well, I didn't harass him, but I did keep his number for a few years. Just, just to have it. It just felt nice to be like, oh, I've got one of Boys to Men's phone numbers in my, in my phone. I'm sure he probably changes his phone number an awful lot for that. <laughs> for that reason, I, you know, so embarrassing. It's bizarre how our minds sometimes, you know, converge. Because yeah, I'd be doing the same thing. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that it doesn't make me sound like some crazy stalker person because I never would have used it. I never would have, you know, but I just like to have it because, you know, sometimes you get asked as a, a, or someone, you know, as a journalist or presenter, someone goes, oh, who's the most famous person you've got in your phone? And no one ever did ask or have they, but had they asked me, I would have been able to say, oh, I've got uh, Sean Stockman of Boys to Men. Although, yeah, as I say, it was it was it was entirely pro- for professional reasons, uh, and I never nothing untoward ever went on there. I love that I feel that I need to clarify that nothing untoward went on between me and a member of Boys to Men. Get over yourself, SJ, you fool! Right, we need to crack on because I've yes. waffled quite a lot. Eighteen minutes I've been, <laughs> been talking nonsense. Uh, so let's move on. What's your top story for us this morning, Katie McDonald? Well, Meta, the parent company of Facebook, um, I still can't get used to that Meta name. Um, Yeah, they've really got the government in a spin, not to mention our big media groups, because you might have remembered, I'm sure I mentioned it, but anyway, um, they had to sign a deal here in Australia. They signed it in 2021, a three-year deal with Australian publishers to pay for the content that goes on to Facebook because we've got a news media bargaining code here and the government um, and the powers that be, you know, feel that, yeah, journalism doesn't come without cost. 
and because you know they use it on their platform or it's on their platform they need to pay for it and yeah i i, I get that as, yeah completely so what they've done is they've um announced that they're going to abandon the deals that they're going to pay i mean for the deals to pay for the content and how they're framing it is that they will be taking away in australia they've done that in a couple of other countries um the news tab so initially by taking away the news tab because they feel that australians are not uh reading news on facebook that could be a good or a bad thing but then you know by taking that away they don't have to pay for the news content but the news will still be there because you can post whatever you want and they just won't be paying for it so there's um yeah quite a bit of fury over that it was announced on friday it sent the you know the government ministers and you know the very important people that deal with those sorts of things to the conference room because they're going to have to try to work out how to come back to meta because they they don't like it essentially and yeah i think it's it's difficult it's i mean sarah jane you completely understand with being in the world of journalism that you know content does it costs yeah yeah massively and the way that people can just put content online they're essentially posting things without paying for what yeah, yeah others are paying for I, yeah helpful. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Listen, but the, the, in where we are now at this point, and and I, I sort of feel like I've watched this happen in the last ten years, particularly. And there's part of me that that likes what one might term citizen journalism, um, mm. or I, I, I like that. I like that we are. We can be bought into the news immediately. It's not, you know, it, it, even from when I first sort of started dipping my toes into journalism some more than 20 years ago now, things look so very different. And the immediacy with which news is communicated um, is is just incredible. That said, um, I wonder if integrity can get lost and I wonder, mm. you know, journalism is a, it's a skill. It's a, you know, the storytelling is a, is a skill and the ethics around it as well. Um, and as you say, it costs. It costs. Yeah. Anyway, it's, there we are. Let's move on to your next story, which I'm dying to hear about, um, because you're, I've mentioned the documentary a million times to people. I don't know if it's still available on uh, Netflix about Wakari or White Island, uh, in New Zealand. Uh, there's now been an award given, uh, to the victims of, uh, the volcanic, well, you tell the story. I was going to say not not necessarily of the eruption, but but people who were harmed when it erupted because they were yes. on a tour, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's four years now since um, yeah, those people were injured or killed, people lost family members um, in that volcanic eruption, and it's almost like sort of the last chapter, but not for the people obviously involved. But uh, yeah, in the story, so. A district court judge on Friday, he's ordered that reparations be paid to the victims. Now, they're to be paid by the three companies that were found um, guilty of negligence. So essentially, he's 
estimated an individual sum of $250,000 New Zealand dollars per person. Are these the tour companies? Sorry, Katie. Are these the the tour companies? Right. Right. Yes. So, um, and he said you can adjust it, you know, for those that have, I mean, how you measure this, Sarah Jane, I don't know, but for those who have experienced particular hardship, um, and that includes children who'd lost their parents. And he did rightly say that, you know, reparations, yeah, they're no more than a token, a token recognition of the emotional harm caused. But the fact is that it is something. It's it's a difficult one. Um, the companies will have to pay that. I'm not too sure how that will work in the sense that, yeah, they have to find the money to pay it. I mean, these uh, are these are yeah. to, to provide some context. And please jump in if I'm if I'm wrong here. But my 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 memory serves if my memory serves correctly. These are pretty small tour companies. Um, yes, based in the local area. I mean, the whole that whole region. Their whole pool, the, the whole tourist pool is Wakari, right? It's a very small area. Um, so I mean, these are unlikely to be tourism, um, yeah, tourist companies, tour companies that have millions and millions of dollars spare. So I mean, do you think we're actually ever going to see this payout or is this one of those situations well, where the award is made, but actually? It's unlikely that yeah, the victims will receive anywhere near that. That's a very good question and a pertinent question. And yeah, like, and also too, if it were, you know, if it was some major multinational, would they have awarded more? How do they, how do they even measure these things? Yeah. There again? Yeah. But, um, it is, yeah, look, he did admit it's token. Um, and yeah, I just look. I can't even, and see, we've spoken about this before, I can't even talk about it because you can't, how, how do you compensate people who have gone through something like that? And yeah, it's, it, it's ongoing for the rest of their lives. So you can't measure the harm that they've suffered, no. um, that they've endured. But yeah, it is, it is a, it's an award and it'll be interesting to see if they do. Yeah, well, Katie, what was the? I, I'm trying to remember what what the, the the tour companies and the firms because the island is privately owned, right? This is this is my memory. The island it's is privately, is privately owned. owned, which seems so odd to me, anyway. Um, but anyway, that that is how it is. That the island is is privately owned, and and the the owners of the island grant permission granted. I must speak in the past tense because no. Tours, tours don't continue to happen to Wakari. Um, the pr- the owners of the island therefore granted permission to various tour companies to ho- to take tours of of people to the island. And so last year there was the negligence case, and they were found guilty of, yes. of negligence. It, what was that based on? Because at the end of the day, it's a volcano. Um, do, do you know what I mean? I, I'm trying yes. to I'm trying to remember what the what the details were of that of that negligence case. I mean, what could what could they have done any better other than not take people to the island, which they were allowed to do? That would have. I mean, do you know? What well, I mean? essentially, they they said that there was they did not adequately manage the risks, and. Um, as I think I might have previously mentioned, but, you know, they've got pretty stringent work safety laws right. there. And it fell under that. And it was a case of risk management. 
so they essentially did not comply with health and safety obligations. I mean, presumably with a, with a volcano, um, if you have experts on hand, which you ought to have, I would have thought. I mean, you know, there are, there are people whose entire lives are dedicated to the study of volcanoes. You, they're able to measure the likelihood that it might, that there might be some activity, right? So is, is that what the court was mm. saying that they hadn't enlisted the help or they hadn't paid heed to the fact that they're, that they, that the volcano yeah. could have, sure. I mean, that is... That's what I was intimating. Oof. And, you know, the unpredictability of it is huge. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's one of those things. And it happens in life. Tragically, it happens that people kind of go along doing whatever they do as they've always done it. And then a tragedy occurs. So, um, yeah, and they, they, they're pretty, as I said, they're pretty stringent health and safety obligations. As you say, there are people that study volcanoes and... Uh, wouldn't, I could not say what the study of volcanoes is. But, Volcanology. Yeah, they, that's Star Trek. No, that is right. I've just Googled it. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking of Dr. Spock. Yeah, um, volcanology and a volcanologist. Okay, that's, yeah. Can I just jump in yeah. and say that the, the, if you haven't seen the, if you haven't seen the documentary yet, um, and you and this story interests you, um, do go and, find it on on netflix um uh, let me just see if i can google what it's called um i think it, uh, da, 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 da. uh it's called the volcano rescue from wakari and listen i'm not gonna it's quite difficult viewing at points the thing that stood out for me of, of that documentary was the not only the testament of the human spirit because people were you know they have overcome and it's extraordinary but the help there was a there was a tour boat nearby that was completely unrelated that wasn't going to wakari that made trips back and forth to rescue people and people who were on that boat put their own lives at risk by going to rescue other people and they were you know helping the injured back to uh back to the mainland uh, if if for nothing else it sort of restored my faith um in in humans actually it's but it's difficult yeah. it is difficult viewing anyhow all right well there's an award's been made uh good we'll see if yeah. what portion of that money ever gets to the victims um i'm going to go just to your last story now for time um I remember writing a story recent, oh, not recently, in the last couple of years for our digital platforms uh, about a couple who um, had their wedding, their wedding lunch or brunch, or whatever one might call it, at McDonald's. Um, they say they didn't have, they didn't have, they didn't care. They just loved each other. They didn't have, you know, huge amounts of money. Um, and it was actually a lovely story. And I think they ended up on our sister station, KFM and, and whatnot. Well, not to be outdone. A couple in Australia have gone one better and had a KFC-themed wedding. Come on. They have indeed. And there's <laughs> a little bit of a sort of codicil to the story, which I will reveal. But essentially, they had this KFC-themed wedding. And they're two dentists. They bonded or fell in love over KFC, which, you know, KFC meetings at KFC after going to the university library, of course. Right. And even when travelling um, <laughs> through Europe, 
the groom apparently made, a, made an effort to try something from every KFC restaurant that they found in each country. Oh, so gosh. what they essentially did, and this is kind of the little twist of the story, mm. is that they entered a competition called the Onion Ring Engagement Competition. Right. And he had to ask her to marry him on camera. Oh, forget it. And Yeah, but $80,000. Okay. An $80,000 KFC wedding. But mm. they loved it. They loved it. So, I mean, they got married at the Opera House, which was beautiful. They went down to the Benelong Lawn, and then they went to one of the local RSL clubs, and they KFC. They had a KFC cake and KFC buckets and KFC this and KFC that. And Sarah Jane, I must say, I've got to um, a stage in life where I think it's not the restaurant that you're at, it's the company that you're with. And if it's good KFC <laughs> and it's with people that you love, it's, it makes it as special I... as anything else. <laughs> I, yeah, as long as they're happy. Um, listen, if they had their first date at KFC, then I get it. Um, I'm looking at pictures from the wedding. It looks like they had an absolute blast. They look oh, like, yeah. and listen, I don't know, maybe no, maybe not. Maybe they're taking it really seriously, but it looks like they're doing it quite ironically. Um, even if they're not, who cares? It's none of my business. I hope they have a long and healthy and happy marriage. But it won't be that healthy if all they're doing is having KFC. But um, <laughs> let's hope they have a happy marriage in any event. I love that one, Katie. Thank you very much indeed. That's a that's a nice way to finish off uh, the uh, the Sunday News Review with Katie McDonald, who joins us every Sunday uh, for uh, <laughs> stories from down under and the Antipodes. Thank you, Katie. The time is 7.33.